0: During my recent GTA Guesser collaboration with Mudaha, he and I talked before, during, and after about a large variety of topics that you now see before you. There was some difficulty splicing together our different audio tracks, but it should all sound great regardless. We start now with cybersecurity, fear-mongering, and too much negativity. So the stream's live now. Don't, don't, okay, you
1: know, perfect. give your social security number or wh- whatever the
0: equivalent is in Canada.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Man, every time, like, cause my content, like when I make like computer stuff, I do so much virtual machine Linux stuff that everyone calls me paranoid about it. And funny thing, anytime somebody gets hacked, I'm the first guy to contact Is like, what's going on? Like, what did I do wrong? I'm like, dude, you call me paranoid. And then you're in the same business that I am. <laughs> and you click on the weird shady links and it happens to you. Come on now. Your content is definitely, uh, interesting.
0: I can see, I can see why it's successful given, like, I mean, you've got sort of niche knowledge that not everyone has,
1: and you, you use it well. I, I try to, like, my thing with, like, computer stuff, it's like, in the cybersecurity field, it's like, one of my things with security and keeping yourself safe on the internet is like, you don't just set it and forget it, right? Like, you have to constantly learn it and be on top of it, so it's like, the best you can ever do is tell people, it's like, don't freak out, don't panic, all right? Your password, just because one site is hacked doesn't mean, you know, everyone has your social security. Just jump in, follow these steps, and you'll be fine. There's a lot of people on the internet, like, they profit off of that, like, free, like you know, the, the freaking out the audience. Fear-mongering, I guess, right? Like, that's what it is, and it's just like, the, le- the, the more you can mitigate that, the better it is in at least this field, right? Like, everything's headed to the internet, so it's like, you might as well be on top of it before... When you see, say, profiting from the fear mongering, do you mean like making content around it,
0: spooking people out?
1: Yeah, I feel like if you make content freaking people out, but you don't know what you're covering exactly. There's nothing wrong with talking about a security flaw, but like, if you're gonna make content like that, you should also dedicate just as much time as you talk about it to also talking about the mitigations and the solutions as well, right? You can't just throw the problem and then throw people into like, you know, you can't chop off the head of a chicken and just see it run around.
0: Just what came to mind is you ever seen these channels where um they're like survivalist channels and all their videos are titled like the the end is coming a week from now the the stock market's
1: gonna crash how to prepare when oh. people are, are roaming the streets with guns and it's I see so many crypto channels like that man like (laughs) all the crypto stuff I've been covering everyone always throws out it's like US currency is finally dying hyperinflation will kick in in the next month and destroy you and I'm like man and then they keep pushing some bullshit coin it's it's all just a grift and that's the thing that freaks me out like you say survival channel but that 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 ideology permeates so many aspects of YouTube right like I'm bringing up the financial aspect to you I'm talking about like crypto scams and it blends in so well well you know fear gets clicks for a lot of channels and it's uh it's
0: kind of sad <laughs>
1: negativity negativity as well like- yes yeah. honestly like I, I think the biggest thing that I, the thing that I hate is I think about a year or two ago I was like super into like that content because it kept getting recommended right like it kept showing up in my timelines and I was like oh, I'll click on it while I'm working and then it's like it, it ruined like media for me you know like it ruined movies and television like I'm talking about the culture war channels now but it's like every hmm. time I go on and it's like this movie is bad this agenda is crazy this is I'm like dude I can't I don't know how you can thrive off of just being this negative every day of your life Life, I know,
0: mean like. the money is good for these people and that's all that really oh, matters, right? But I mean, um, of course talk about the audience. How did the audience deal with this? Like, uh, like there's only so much negativity you can experience in a day and still be like psychologically well and able to function. Um, I, 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 have a, I have multiple times like, uh, uh, like not interested when, when I feel like I'm experiencing too much negativity in um, my kind of content phase.
1: I feel like I get to that point too, like at certain times in my career, right? Like when, when we have like a month where like so much, I don't know, so much controversy is happening and like, you can't help but not address it at certain points, especially in like, well, in my space, the computer sphere. And it's just like, it gets to a point where like, you have to, you have to stop reset because it really does like mentally drain you. Like I feel, I felt for months on end, not burnout, but just like a mental drain on me. You know, it's like, I'm like, I just, I'm mad. Like I'm just angry about shit the entire time. And as
0: a content creator, like, people will ask you about this stuff and expect you to have an opinion. So you're, you're kind of motivated to to remain current on the current dramas, the current negativity going around. Terms of service and forbidden words.
1: Well, I, I remember, like, even just the most recent Twitch, like, racism debate. And this is, this is the thing that I hate the most. It's like, I, I'm on stream and I get asked about it too, right? On YouTube or whatever. And it's like... What do you think about this word being said and like i hate the fact that we live in a world now where like i literally can say that just don't be racist and don't use bad terminology and somehow somehow on social media that's considered a hot take like you go on twitter <laughs> and it's like wow okay that's uh, like what the fuck? i can't go on the internet and just say don't be a piece of and <laughs> like that's bad <laughs> like what
0: it's just a terrible conversation it really, really is. Need to have when you mentioned you were gonna have that podcast and hassan was gonna be on i'm like you're gonna be discussing that for
1: like an hour, man. <laughs> I wanted to understand what was going on because I'm like, you can't, because when he came back, did you see his broadcast when he just like popped back on a couple days ago? I didn't see it, but I saw him on Twitter saying I'm back. Oh, he was back. And like the first thing he did, like I saw the clip of him just like repeating all the other slurs by like just 20, 30 at a row. And I'm like, dude, you just, he was really testing the Twitch TOS. And honestly, if he had gotten banned that day, I would be completely okay with another ban because like, My thing with TOS is if there's something in the TOS that says you can't do something, we don't do it. Like, I know that I scrub, as much as sometimes I don't agree with something, when you're on a website like Twitch or YouTube or really anything, you agree to a TOS. And if you're breaking it and you're gonna have like, you know, a fit about it, then there's nobody you can, I'm not gonna have the sympathy, you know? Like, I'm not gonna sit there and say like, eh, shouldn't have happened.
0: Often, you'll get a warning. Like, I think in most cases, when you violate TOS, a warning is good. But in Hassan's yeah. case, he did get a warning, in, in, well, at least in the sense that his mods were banned for doing it. So he knew that say, calling someone, uh, I'm on Twitch, the C word, I don't know what their policy is now, uh, calling someone that will get you banned, and then he did it, so of course he's gonna receive a ban. Uh, whether or not I agree with that TOS policy, whatever. But. No. Like, like there was a time in Twitch's history where they had a policy where even saying the N word was acceptable, as long as it was not calling a person the N word. As in, because that's how language works, right? It's, it matters mm. what you're trying to communicate. It's all your context- meaning. It's all contextual. Um, but but over time, people are less willing to look at the context in which the word is used. So Twitch's policies have kind of gradually changed with that, where even saying it in any context can get you banned. And and there were some little controversies over the years where people would say things that sound like the N-word and get banned. You remember that story, some guy was playing League of Legends or something, and he was talking about like rushing top or something, and just, he said it so fast, it sounded like the N-word, and oh, he got banned.
1: Yeah. That's the that's the thing. Like when I saw that policy on Twitch, it, immediately in my head I was always like, maybe they're trying to like cover every aspect of a game. You know where it's like, mm. y- y- like I remember playing Red Dead Redemption two, and the first time you ever play that game, like in the introduction, like what, Micah just straight up throws like a slur out. And I was on Utah. I was like, wow, okay. Like it's, it's, it's like a, it's like a very like small slur in comparison Mm -hmm. to the N word, but he mentions it and it's a time period thing. So I'm like, maybe it's like they're using it to cover their bases in terms of gaming, you know? And also you're right. It is contextual, right? Like at some point, it's not that saying a word makes you a racist immediately. It's, it's how you use that word, obviously. Right?
0: Like, the, the purpose of language is to communicate meaning. The words don't matter. Like mm-hmm. if I said the N-word backwards, if I use that in the same way that the N-word is used in society, it, it, like if I was calling people that, even if I'm not saying the N-word, I should be reprimanded in the exact same way as if I said the word itself, because I'd be communicating the same meaning. Like on Facebook, um, people would use other words to mean different slurs. Because like it's like coded language, right? But if you're communicating the same mm-hmm. thing, it's it's the same thing. It's it's just all it's all stupid. Like like if, if, if you you do GTA content, right? Sometimes.
1: Yeah, of course.
0: I'm getting my videos now demonetized if they have the c word in them. As in like a two uh, hour a two hour video. Yeah. If a character says the c word, whole video demonetized. And I'm just
1: like, especially as an Australian. That's a, they, they put that, because I remember when like we had that little controversy and you used that word, you yelled it out. Oh yeah. I had to specifically blur that word. Because in the YouTube, because in the demonetization, when like, because people watching maybe don't know this, but like we have the like self check on ourselves. Mm-hmm. They put that word in the same tier as the N word for us.
0: Yeah, and, and uh, the slow against homosexuals. And I'm like, okay, I can understand in some countries it is a bit more taboo. But in Australia, it's just a general swear word, a pejorative or whatever, like asshole or yeah. dick or whatever. But in America, it's-
1: Well, that, that's what I usually thought too. I mean, even as a Canadian, and I, I really only realized Americans were the one that got really mad about it. And I'm like, mm. that's so weird how we're on an international website and we have to comply by US like cultural <laughs> norms. Like, what the
0: fuck? It is weird, but uh, like, I suppose a lot of Australians over the course of our content, we've just said the C word just casually. And uh, it's only, I think, fairly recently that I've noticed that it's actually getting cracked down upon. Either the algorithm's just getting better. Maybe they can finally understand the Australian accent. I'm not sure. But it's, uh, it's been a pain in the ass. Because now I have to watch every single bit of the video before I upload it to make sure <laughs> there is not a single <sighs>
1: C word in it. It's one of those words where it just, like, comes out because, you know, you're from that region. That's why, like, in certain videos, I just switch to my native language from India, like Hindi and everything, and I just switch to that just so I can get past the fucking filter. Because I know that, like, if YouTube hits me with, like, because I've had videos age restricted because I've used the F word so much. And I'm like, dude, I don't get it. Like a year or two ago, they weren't cracking down. Now it's like everything about it is so, you can't use this language. And it's so weird, like you can't use the F word, but the amount of like, like I can use the word shit constantly over and over. Like there's not, and there's no communication from YouTube to anybody's end. There's no communication from any of these sites. So I don't know, It's it's insane. <laughs> Recently,
0: YouTubers said you can use like shit and bitch in the first thirty seconds now, or something. As in, like, it's it's just weird what they consider okay and what they don't. And in some ways, they've relaxed, and in some ways, they've clamped down. But yeah. I have, because um, I, I saw today on Twitter, "Call me Kevin," saying one of my videos got a policy strike or something, and I can't talk to anyone, anyone at YouTube. And this is weird. For me to hear, because I can talk to people at YouTube. I've got a partner manager. I'm the commu- the cu- community support on no, no, the the customer support. They talk to me all the time. Like I I've had week long conversations with people trying to get videos uh, remonetized and stuff. Do you not have this experience?
1: Oh, some people don't. Like I know that in the but like, when I talk to a few people myself, I'm surprised I'm the only one with like a partner manager that has like some leeway at YouTube. You know. Like, that's about the only thing, because, like, I thought everyone at, at a certain size would get a partner manager, but apparently they don't, you know? Like, some people with millions of subs don't have it. I was talking to TGG recently, he got
0: one at about a million. I'm not at a million subs yet, but I, I got mine, I don't know, like, a year ago or something, and I was, you know, way smaller than I am now. I, I don't know what criteria
1: they use to... They might be basing it on viewership though, because even when you were smaller, you were still pulling in a lot of views though between I mean, every channel you had. Not call me Kevin kind of numbers, yeah. and I still don't pull call me Kevin numbers. They changed it, I think, because we're daily uploaders, so I think we we, oh, sh- yeah. we pop in the algorithm way more than like the regular, you know. I'm surprised Call Me Kevin got it, yeah, though, like he's, he's exactly. pretty clean, he scrubs his shit really well, so if he's getting a policy strike, I'm scared for me now, <laughs> like, yikes. Maybe they
0: pick people who are more likely to have troubles to give partner managers to, because you or I swear more do more risque kind of content. I mean, that, that could kind of make sense, maybe, but that but that seems a little bit disrespectful. <laughs> oh, you're doing good, yeah, so we're not going to really, give you yeah. attention?
1: Yeah, we have to put you on YouTube parole, because we don't trust you with your content, what the fuck? Editing all day, every day. I'm actually, like, I'm I'm glad that, like, I know somebody else that edits as much as me on here, because everyone I talk to, it's like, they have, like, just editors for every single thing that they do, and I know you work just as hard on, like, editing your own content and everything. I have editors, but it's, uh like, as I have
0: gotten people to help me, my editing hasn't decreased. I still edit the right. exact same amount, because uh, I, I just, what I edit now, The less important things that I normally wouldn't have time to edit, I give to other people. So it's it's less that I've hired people to reduce the amount that I've edited, and it's it's more that um, I've hired people- You're producing more
1: content, so they're worrying about that. And I can focus focus on on the important things,
0: and uh, so my workload hasn't decreased, it's just um, what what I work on is different now. Like I'm hitting my head against the wall trying to get my pass for series, another episode of that out, it's like many months overdue.
1: The current state of GTA 5 speedrunning. Every time I see you speedrun that game, I'm like, it, it like stresses me out because I'm like, you, it's. It, to me, I think GTA is a hard game to speedrun anyway. It's just because of the length of it and also like the randomness of it. Because it's like, how do you, when you speedrun, how do you like handle things like character switching? Like, what do you do when like you switch to Trevor for something and it's like, oh, he's in fucking Mount Gordo with the dress on, so you have to like switch to someone else on the fly and do their things. Like, how do you handle that? Like.
0: I haven't actually speed ran the game in about two years. I've been doing no damage runs. So these sort of things um, I've less had to deal with, but I, I do follow the speedrunning scene and I will be getting back, back into it in the next week. But the developments that have come Uh, Since I stopped have been insane because you do you like code and stuff You'd probably be more interested in it than I like back when I used to run We didn't have people who would look through the code to figure stuff out But now we have those people and so when something is found that might be okay or interesting People will just dig into the code into how this works and uh, they can find some really cool stuff For example, they found a way to basically skip any mission in the game. It's called on mission zero you kind of start two missions simultaneously and progress through one mission, and it causes you to progress through another. And it's very complicated to the extent where making a video on it's probably, probably gonna be like half an hour video or something. But, uh, but what, what I mean is, all this stuff over the years has been very much so figured out. Like the character switching, for example, after every mission, any character that was in that mission has a consistent switch. and. Uh, if you get a bad switch, you can go into director mode for like a second and it reconfigures where everyone is on the map. And depending upon the circumstance you find yourself in, certain switches are possible, certain switches aren't. It's There's still a little bit of randomness with the switching, but as with anything, the more you know about it, the more you can predict and therefore adapt to what's going on. But there isn't that much randomness in it. because. All random distant games is within a certain r- r- range. You know, once you know that range, you can kind of predict what's going to happen.
1: Is is there like a is there like a difference between are these like bugs that have potentially been left over from like the PS3? Because I know when they updated the game, they like, they have. They, I'm sure they obviously switch a bunch of these states around, like they recode chunks of the game. But like, when you speedrun, is it just strictly on like the PS4 base version of the game, PC, whatever current patch that they have?
0: So the fir- the first patch. For PC was patch 1.24, and we speedrun on patch 1.27. Probably the two biggest reasons for that now is one, there's no waves. Like there's no waves in the entire game for whatever reason. Um, there's ways to get waves to come back, but any kind of boating section or um, you know, where you have to shoot people while you're on a jet ski or whatever, that kind of stuff is so much easier. And you can even do like bounce strats where because there's no waves you can like bounce your boat up and down and stay in the air and go faster but another thing is in on, in the newest patch <laughs> oh yeah you, i gotta you, i gotta got re-download the old patch and see oh yeah. it now <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> no waves. it's a weird patch but there's a hospital warping where if you fail a mission and then die during the mission fail screen you will warp to the hospital after the mission ends. So you won't have to, like at the end of the mission, hold a grenade or whatever and and die. You will just automatically warp, like the game will glitch and warp you to the hospital. And that saves a lot of time. And that's, I think only on patch 1.27. Like it wasn't on 1.24. It isn't on the newer patches. Another one there's, uh, sorry, sorry if I'm boring you with this, but um, no, just, no, well, it's uh,
1: <laughs> I'm surprised that they like introduce newer bugs in and okay. like it's kind of like a weird cyberpunk update schedule. <laughs> yeah, the,
0: <laughs> d- during the early days of their newest patches for PC, they fucking hated modders and they were so keen to crush them out oh, yeah. that they 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 in many cases reduced the uh, performance of the game for a couple of patches. But 1.27 just so happens to be good for performance and have these weird glitches that are beneficial in some cases.
1: I mean, now they got legal teams from a lot of mods now, they don't have to worry about <laughs> destroying the games for performance. Don't change the game, change what the people are doing, of course, but, um... The impressive variety of the GTA 5 map.
0: There's so many pool designs, there must be like a hundred separate
1: pool designs in this game. That's honestly, like, a really cool thing. Like, the houses, like, in typical open world games, they don't, like, prefab it. Like, well, a lot of them do prefab a bunch of these houses, but, like, I think Rockstar's the only one where, like, it feels like every single house and mansion that they ever made. Like, even though they're just exteriors, like, man, they fucking put an entire guy to, like, build one exterior man. Like, somebody was playing Sims the whole time. You can go (laughs) look at individual houses and find,
0: like, unique features found on no other houses. Just, like, random stone uh, pillar... Tower things and uh, it, it's it's crazy it's a shame that there's no major use to them so no one really uh, like looks at them very often Rockstar and GT online
1: past present and future I mean I always wish that at some point they would actually really allow us to have like proper like mansions in the game like at some yeah. point but like like
0: 5m does that kind of stuff but it's uh nothing I've really got into 5m is so good are oh, you
1: you do 5m I just recently got into it because I was doing a GTA video, but there was so I didn't. I thought it was really a role player thing, but then I, I saw all the other game modes, like zombie modes and everything that they were doing. I'm like, man, this is fucking amazing. It's funny, you can you can make great maps if you have
0: a dedicated group of people who won't leave at the second they die and stuff, right? The, the maps you can make for a, a dedicated, experienced audience is different than the maps that you can make for, like, a casual audience, like Rockstar has to. <laughs> Anyone who's doing 5M has to be really fucking committed, so you get some cool
1: features and stuff. Yeah. And uh, also I'm glad Rockstar is unable to shut that beauty of a fucking mod down. Unable? I mean, I think they've really tried. Well, the the legal issues around a lot of those mods is like how many of their core assets are you using? But like since that's purely a reverse engineered design, you can scare him sure, but like legally it's still on their side. It's like the same thing with RE3 and RE Vice City right about now to say. like I I I honestly think like it's more of a scare tactic still because I believe that those guys because from who I talked to they said they had a clean room design so it doesn't seem like they can legally get fucked you know and they're, they're, and they're fighting it it would be very interesting to see uh, if if they win it I mean if take two wins it'll ruin modding precedent I mean at least legally yeah, and that scares yeah. the shit out of me me for me the first five thousand hours
0: that I put into speedrunning was probably less impactful for me learning the map than like the following 4,000 hours where I did no damage, pass fist, and fax and glitches. Like the amount of times there where I was like, oh, there's an out of bounds here. Wouldn't have been able to do that if I was just a speedrunner. But like you talk to like role players and stuff, and they have different things that are significant than me. And uh, and if you play online, half the time you're like, oh, I remember this highest and I remember this highest. None of, okay, none of the highest you mentioned, I remember at all. I've done them. I don't remember them
1: at all. <laughs> yeah, you see like, I, I don't know how much you have like done the highest, but like for me, I've probably done each and every single one of them at least like a hundred fucking times. Like I'm not even exaggerating on that one. It's like we grinded a lot on GT online. Like, <laughs> and, and you kind of have to, to get the
0: money. I've done each of them like once, I think. and, and a lot of them are good. Certainly. It's just, uh, you know, with modders and DDoSing and all that stuff. I mean, not, not, DDoSing isn't as big an issue thing now because I have a VPN and stuff, but, um...
1: It's a shame you need to even need one for one of the biggest online games ever made. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. It's like, fuck. Yeah. Even if you don't have a VPN, I've finally found something even fucking scummier. It's like, every time in the heist, and this is always after a major update, like, if you're a content creator and you've ever, like, shown your, like, like Rockstar ID or like username you're fucked like every update somebody will jump in and like isolate your session and like ruin your games it's just not a fun experience and there's I don't know maybe GTA 6 will fix it but if the problem exists in Red Dead Online to this day, then I have no fucking hope.
0: <laughs> Every defense I gave to Rockstar where I was like, look, I guess they, they rushed online because they weren't sure if it was gonna be successful and stuff and blah, blah, blah. The next time round, they'll do better. When they released Red Dead Online and had all the same fucking issues, I'm like, "Well, okay, maybe that wasn't the reason.
1: <laughs> yeah, know? maybe maybe, maybe they just really didn't give a fuck.
0: <laughs> it's shocking what um Take Two is doing and stuff. I mean, the, the weirdest one to me was, When they sent a cease and desist for the uh, for a save file that was partway through gc I'm like, it was that like a it was a lost and damned wrong thing written down. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: it's so so weird. Um, Who can understand Take Two though? They're just. I feel like the problem is with Take-Two, and so I do, like, business stuff on the side, it's, like, my main, like, job, so, like, every time I look into, like, companies to invest and, like, you know, throw money at, Take-Two is, like, ironically the one company that considers themselves the up-and-coming metaverse company, like... Unironically, that's what they actually consider themselves as. <laughs> like it's... they consider themselves on Facebook tier or like Epic Games because they think that they're running metaverses with GTA Online and the skeleton that has read that online. And in a way, they're not wrong. But like, you can see the perception of the company going forward, right? Like when GTA Six comes out, they're more interested in GTA Online Part Two. You know, mm. that that's I've, what I think. I've talked to people who
0: work at Rockstar and and have. Well, no, I haven't talked to that many people. Don't get me wrong; I don't have that many connections, but I know people who've worked at 2K, which is under um, Take Two, and uh, people who've worked. Yeah, at Rockstar it's under Take Two, bro. And and they say Take Two is very controlling, and uh, people at Rockstar are very proud of everything that they've made, and da da da. But it's just when I look at GT Online and I compare it to the offerings of other popular titles, it just seems so vanilla. It seems so basic. Like you've got like Apex Legends with eighty-seven different. F- Cool functional guns and you're sliding rounds and you've got shields and all that stuff. And for Fortnite, all your, all their building mechanics always releasing new ways to play the game. You've got Roblox and their like child sweatshops making like 50, <laughs> 57 different. Oh, okay, new I games. got
1: like the video on that one. It's yeah, yeah. I've been working on that one for a bit. It's insane. Mi- Minecraft
0: got their like 87 different mods and stuff. And then there's just GT Online, and it's just so simple. Um, and, it literally
1: and like, gets by, man, just because yeah. it's, like, a functioning open world. <laughs> and it's been around for so long.
0: It's It's got that, um, it's, it basically was that first mover advantage as well. Like, it was one of the first
1: microtransaction kind of driven things. I don't think there's anything else like it. Like, I think about anything else like GTN. I'm like, what, like, Watch Dogs Legion <laughs> Online? Like, the closest equivalent that I can think of? And it's just, like, it's not there. Like Open world third-person shooter. It is just G T Online. And that's it. I saw your tweets on the new update for GTA Online and I absolutely can never disagree with that. I was literally playing it the other day, like the Franklin, I haven't even gotten that far into it. I've just been doing the specialist stuff. It's mm-hmm. so bad with the AI, cause the AI hasn't gotten better. They just take more <laughs> shots. Like I feel like they just want me to buy weapon warehouses and like update like to mark three assault rifles, just so I can actually like kill the enemies. I'm <laughs> dumping 60 bullets into, a, into, into like a guy wearing a t-shirt and they, they won't die. <laughs> like, it's just, no. I don't know how the programming is done, of course, but it's just when,
0: whenever they release, like, a new area inside of a building, it seems as though the AI doesn't really understand where they are, It, it like, the, the limitations of the walls and stuff. So I'll occasionally just see an, a, an NPC just staring at a wall for no fucking reason. Yeah. And I'll, I'll come in and they'll just still stare at the wall and I'll be like, you want to pay attention to me or <laughs> whatever, and I just pop them in the head yeah. and uh, move on.
1: Dude, I, every time I see that, I'm like, man, I, 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 I cringe at it for sure. But then I'm like, it is also a, like a really big game, so if I see pathing issues, yeah, I mean, they they were gonna update it in November, because <laughs> that's when Expand and Enhance was meant to come out. I don't know what the update is, because I I remember I was thinking that the update was gonna add some extra content, but it's literally just, it's 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 just GTA at like a higher resolution. That's I don't even think like. the frame rate's better. The the funny thing is.
0: They say that they want to separate the single player and the online and Speaking as a person who has watched as the online updates have changed the single player and made it worse over the years I'm I'm applauding this good job Rockstar You should have done that like a bajillion years ago because there's no value really in the connection between the single player and the online but the to do that they will have to change a significant amount of things like there's a there's some changes to lobby you can only do if you either go into creator mode or single player and then go back into online in stupid fucking ways. So, so like, they, they must be changing some things. I just—it's just a question of how much they're changing and how
1: easily can they make those changes. I just think whatever GTA is right now, they've added so much onto the games online that I think coding-wise, it's a fucking mess. Like, remember literally a year ago, we had the one modder who, like, just shaved off the store file, like, the little online... Because he used to, like, he shaved off the loading time by 70% literally by going into the GTA Online and, like, taking out, truncating all of the excess stuff that the game was looking for that didn't even exist. Like, what the fuck, man? Like... (laughs) (laughs) If a modder could do that.
0: There's a bug like that in single player, actually, where if you taxi to a side mission, there's a random chance that the game will get caught in like some sort of loop in which it continues to search for something that doesn't exist. And rather than fix this, they simply made it so if it fails to find that thing 20 times, it just will stop and just load in the game. And so while speedrunning 100%, it'd be like, oh, that fucking long load bug. And you sit there for two minutes with a black screen and then oh, eventually enter in the game. going
1: through all of the, oh my God. It's
0: infuriating. But um, cause it's funny because we, we had to have a debate. Like, because the people who know how to code, they can fix this. They, they could they could patch it for us. But it's uh, it's like, do we fix Rockstar's mistakes? Are we really speedrunning the game if we're not? Because the, the game has that bug in it. We, we can't just start... Reprogramming the game to make it easier to speed on, you know. Oh my
1: god That's why you know, I'm kind of excited that GTA 6 may take a little bit longer because with all the bugs you're telling me I can already imagine the rage engine is probably like it needs a significant update and needs like a significant It needs to be up there with like epics unreal engine 5. I don't know if you played the matrix game recently, but I like I paid to play it. <laughs> oh fuck good, that, good sponsorship. <laughs> that's a really good that game. Dude. I I was struggling to identify when it was real time and when it was like CG, you know, like when they showed Keanu Reeves like old in the in the, I thought for the longest time that was like real time footage, and then I mm. watched a Digital Foundry video and they're like, no, 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 it isn't, and I was like, are you sure? Like, are you see? I mean, you you know. <laughs> It's not like they spent five years on that or whatever, They it was less than a year. Very honey. small team, yeah, very small team. It actually was interesting because it collabed a bunch of the top guys. I know that some of the people who worked on at the coalition, so the Gears developers, they helped a lot with the optimization, which I think is really cool um and hey if that's the future of like game engines now i am excited to see what rockstar comes up with with it. G- because like we all know gta 6 is an eventual like thing it's just like when they obviously show a teaser for it and it's going to be like the gta 5 teaser guys like it's going to be that thing where we watch the teaser and we're like oh this looks amazing and the thing i will always say about rockstar is when they show a teaser trailer when they show a trailer the game looks as good you know like when red dead 2 was teased i thought I thought they were CGIing it for a bit and then the game came out and I was like no they're not fucking around this game looks that good. <laughs> like, I mean uh, what what
0: about the the recent definitive edition of the trilogy the the trailer made that look a little bit better than the game ended up actually being. Uh yeah. Yeah, but I mean that was of course not actually Rockstar it was Grove Street Games but uh I like I I I worry about Rockstar these days but I mean as, as long as GTA 6 if is they good. they
1: were outsourcing that... Oh yeah,
0: because they have the time. Because they're all working on... G, they've got one team on GTA 6, uh, a skeletal crew on GTA Online. Uh, and
1: nobody on Red Dead Online. <laughs> <laughs> <for everyone.
0: laughs> I, I feel bad for the people who love that game. I know you
1: <laughs> love uh, Red Dead. I love Red Dead Online. Like, I, I loved it when it came out. You know, I was like, man, this is... A, I was excited. I, I play GTA Online strictly with a friend. Like, we have like a fucking... We've been playing it since day one. So we're like, mm-hmm. oh, cool. This will be a new online for us to experience. No fucking update for a year. The most insanely broken economy. And we quit, like, after two months. There was just nothing to it. That's a, it's a shame. The current state of Cyberpunk 2077. I, I'm probably one of the biggest like an antagonists to the Cyberpunk 2077 subreddit right now because the amount of shitting that I do on that game is unprecedented. I've been waiting for that game longer than I ever did a GTA title, and I've been more disappointed than anything playing that title. So it's like, if any game pats and runs better than that, I'm happy. <laughs> I, I heard that they improved it significantly. Not that I'm saying they have as
0: much content as they said they would on release, but is it not better now?
1: it runs better i'd say like it operates better but like the way so i made this video where i showed the downgrading of it it runs better because they render less like even on like playstation and xbox like pc is a little different because like obviously you can just like crank it up to the max settings but for my thing, I'm like, if you pay 60 bucks for a game, everyone should get an equivalent experience, right? Like PS4s and Xbox one Like, if you bill it for that target, it should run. So I looked at those versions of the game. They literally removed the traffic, basically. Like, you're driving through the down... Imagine driving through downtown Los Santos and not a single car ever spawned. Not a single NPC ever spawned. That's what Night City is, that's what, like, Cyberpunk is, and it's just, it's sad. Like, it's not a game anymore, it's just, like, a tech demo that barely even functions, and it functions because they removed everything that taxes the system anyways.
0: I played it for three hours, near release on PC, and it was very buggy, and it didn't really grab me as a game, but I've heard more good things about it and I kind of want to try it again. Maybe I won't <laughs> based on what you told me.
1: I'd wait until like there's a, there's like the next-gen update for like the systems, because that's when they're probably going to update it to like 2.0 or some bullshit and like have all the bugs taken care of. It's not on PS5, is it? No, it's on PS5, but through the backwards compatibility, yeah, yeah, I yeah, think. Yeah. Same thing with our GTA. I mean, hey, they're going to update it for PS5. So <laughs> Red Redemption 2. What it did well and what it did badly. I mean, I'm glad that, like, games like this exist, like GTA and, like, Red Dead and everything, because, like, they're such good op- like, they're such well-designed, detailed open-world games you can actually do this, and, like, people can actually have, like, a competition. Like, I really don't think you can do this in other open-world titles, for sure. Like, especially with, like, the general lack of fucks given by the industry in that Hmm. regard. Yeah, the attention to detail in
0: both games was truly impressive. And I can see why Rockstar takes such pride in, pride in these worlds.
1: I feel like, though, if you did Red Dead 2, GeoGuessr, I don't know if that exists, but, like, that would be significantly fucking harder than what we just did. Because at least here we have a city to base landmarks off. There we have fucking trees and hills. And
0: maybe yeah, exactly.
1: Exactly. <laughs> I, I'm willing to concede immediately that you'd beat me. <laughs> I think um, on, G- on, beat on Red me. Dead? Oh, yeah. Definitely. Oh, um, well. I, I mean, I, with the with the with the way you describe how much you enjoy this game, I'm sure I'm sure I'd have a fighting chance.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> it's it, it's funny because I I have vocally said that I wasn't particularly uh, I I didn't particularly love Red Dead Two, and so whenever anyone of any note whispers Red Dead Two is a good game, I get like 700 clips like Oh look, Mudaha's has Red Dead Two is amazing. And I'm like Oh god.
1: I mean, hey, it's a it's a very long and drawn-out game, so I'm just going to put it out there. Like, it's not a game you want to start off with if, like, you want to experience, like, a game. I'm going to say Red Dead's more of, like, a movie, and it is what it is. Like, that's, that's where I particularly, like, have a fondness for it. But if you ask me what my favorite, like, s- single-player experience from Rockstar is still, I'm going to have to say GTA V, just because I think this... Like, GTA V is basically one of my favorite movies, like, Heat just in a video game form. So, I always love playing it. I mean, to this day, I still drive around Los Santos and I'm still blown away by like, the world simulation and everything. So it's like, that's where I'm gonna put it at. Red Dead is like, it's like Uncharted for me, you know? Like I'll play it, but it's not like I'm particularly enamored with how wide open the open world is. Because in reality, it is it is very cumbersome. <laughs> I'll admit
0: every time that Red Dead 2 is a beautiful looking game and appealed to a lot of people. And, it, and for what it was trying to do, it probably did it very well. It's just, in my mind, it is the game that least wanted to be a game that I've ever seen. It is just a a TV show
1: that you control the camera it's 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 very very no that's you're absolutely right because it's very lacking on like any form of freedom you literally will sit there and do fucking nothing in the game whatsoever you like if if red dead 2 tells you you go into that room and you shoot that guy if you even deviate slightly if you open the drawer before you enter that room it'll fucking give you a mission fail state and that drove me insane because that's Like it pissed me off in chapter one when I played the game, like, well, not chapter one, after you get into like chapter two, like you get to Valentine and everything. I was so fucking mad. Cause like it literally, I was like, maybe it's a tutorial. Maybe it's some bullshit. Maybe like I'm failing. No, the game is literally all the way like that throughout the entire experience. And eventually, you know, it's like. Alright, I guess this is a very linear Rockstar experience, I'm gonna have to treat this like the original Red Dead Revolver at this point, <laughs> like it's an open world in name only. Yeah,
0: I, I guess they just expected people to be okay with that because in the free roam you can do whatever you want and, and go wherever, and you have that freedom there, but it just uh, it just wasn't the same
1: me Do you really in the open world though? Like every time I tried doing like outlaw shit in Red Dead Two, it, I feel like I was so heavily penalized yes. for doing even the slightest thing. Like I could muck somebody immediate fucking five dollar bounty. You literally could not make money being a criminal in Red Dead 2. You had to literally hunt skin and fish in order to make a dime in that game, single player. <laughs>
0: and it felt like every time I was riding around on my horse through an open field, the horse would hit a
1: pebble and, and break his leg. or oh. like, come on, oh. man. I want to I wanna the wind in my doesn't need to, to be that hand. realistic. Yeah, I agree. It... it does not need to be that real. It was the, the horse mechanic. And also, it's like... It's the one game where like you're you're driving the horse and it's like the you, you try to make a left turn. You gotta have like a good hundred meters before <laughs> you can make that turn. Otherwise, I that get horse so many is... trees, man. So many trees. <laughs> and the thing is, they don't even come up with any f- way for you to like easily navigate through I'm not saying make it an Assassin's Creed game. I'm not saying make it that easy, but like make it a little fucking easier, guys. It doesn't have to be this difficult. Especially for like online or anything. Like we're trying to have fun, not like bash our heads again and you, you you get your horse in too much trouble make sure you have some horse survivor like it's that real it's like you ever heard of that game Shenmue like uh, yeah I've know. heard of it yeah Red Dead 2 is literally trying to be Shenmue it's just it that's all it is it's it's Wild West Shenmue in a lot of ways because it's just like you got to do everything in a very like methodical way it's super cumbersome and it gets it can be annoying <laughs> I mean people loved it though people loved it but uh I'll always
0: love God of War for uh Taking away, uh, it's the game of the year award from Red Dead. I much prefer God oh, of War,
1: fuck. God of War, PS4. Yeah, it was way better. That's the one time where, like, God of War, I was like, because I'm not a God of War fan, like, from the original PS2. Neither days, am I. But when I saw, like, the PS4 title, I'm like, oh, this shit's looking nice. And then I played it, and I was like, oh, there, Cory Balrog fucking brought, brought the pain today on development, he, he knew what he was doing.
0: It was even nostalgic for me, because I used to love Stargate back in the day, not sure if you've seen it, but, um, the, the, uh, is it Stargate Mike? Oh, no, Oh, the original Stargate, with the teal and stuff, because he's the same guy who, um, is it Christopher Judge? He is the same guy who, uh, he, he voiced, um, Kratos, and just hearing that voice again, I was just like, oh, you know. <sighs> the scam that is non-fungible tokens so what do you think of the nfts my guy
1: oh man the nft (sighs) cringe well i think the technology is cool for nfts i think like the idea of having like blockchain ownership may like alleviate the idea of like because that's the thing right like if you own a product right like if you own a game or something digitally it's tied to a server but if you can own it on a blockchain maybe that gives it maybe that allows you to have a permanent license for the game that can never not be blocked however that's like me being really nice. When I see people selling fucking monkeys and like crypto punks, I it's an absolute waste of my time. The only people that are investing in it are those that are trying to scam money out of their fan bases. That's it, in my opinion. Exactly. It all looks like garbage to me. And I was just curious if you had a different
0: perspective. You when you when you use the word cringe, I was like, that's all I need to know. <laughs> I'm on
1: the same page. I get so pissed online because you get this weird sort of like crypto-bro investing culture and it's like, as somebody that does that for a living, like, this is my job, this is how I make my bread and butter, like, you know, literally investing and making good use of money, when I see people throwing hundreds of thousands of dollars on JPEG files and pretending like they're actually going to be worth something. I'm fucking torn, I'm blown away in my mind. And then you got to talk to these people and they try to convince you. And I'm like, dude, I'm not the average dipshit that you're trying to like go hundreds of thousands of dollars out of. That's not the market, you know? Once
0: you're invested in that shit, the nanosecond you admit that it is shit, you may as well just burn your investments, right? They have to keep trying to hype it to get themselves, uh, oh, you know, they they have, to. have someone else. So they want, want to pass the bag to someone else so that uh, they can get their earnings
1: and... Uh, that's the thing with it, right? Like, if I buy a hundred thousand dollar fucking monkey JPEG, the only way that's ever going to be worth something is if I sell it to you. Like, if I convince you right now, I'm like, hey, you know, fucking Matt, this is an amazing investment. You should fucking get it. And you gave me more than I spent. Then yeah, I'm a fucking genius. But I'm also a scumbag scam artist. Man, you you can do that with literally anything. Literally anything oh, can yeah. be done that way. <laughs> it's, NFTs aren't anyway special, except the.
0: Wasn't there a time where you added blockchain to like like your name or simon on the like stock exchange, and it would just go. Up like a bajillion percent because they everyone's just so hyped about this technology.
1: They used to have BitCloud. Oh, I covered that BitCloud. That was one thing where like you probably even have one too. Uh I I might even have one. Basically, the site. So there's two actual examples. One you may know So BitCloud used to actually take random people like on Twitter. So it would be like uh, Elon Musk's Twitter account. They would give it like a speculative value. Yeah. And like people could invest in Elon. So like They would literally profit off of Elon's face being inside, like, this BitCloud service. But, like, Elon didn't have any fucking clue. He didn't claim he didn't do anything about it. And that was it. It was just a really shitty way of, like, investing in somebody's social media, like, presence. The other one, I know you have to know about this, is when, like, they had Twitch clips. So they would take people's Twitch clips and just NFT them. That site lasted for no time at all because Miskiff covered onto it and he was like, this is really scammy.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I I, I, I saw that somewhere. I think I did see that Miskiff video. Yeah, not that I watch a lot of Miskiff, mind you, but it was just...
1: I'm sure that they may have taken your clips too and probably thrown it on there and tried selling it as an NFT because they would take literally any popular, like every creator. And like the way that it worked was like, because you, I assume like when you stream GTA, you're probably going to be at the top of that GTA list, right? Like you're going to be up there yeah up there i mean maybe top ten. Yeah, maybe. like well regardless if you're in the top 10 you're that's like you're up there and like when you're up there they'll like randomly pull clips and everything and and they'll take it and they'll just throw it in and they would pr- they probably made money off of like a bunch of people they probably made money off you and a bunch of people without even knowing and none of that money came back to the creator it was just people taking your twitch clips somehow Throwing an NFT on that, or like you know, putting it on the blockchain and selling it to people for no reason. I, I wonder how much money they made. Considering well, you
0: know that Ubisoft NF, NFT thing that happened recently, uh, and they they and, and they got into well a lot of uh, negative PR for it. Um, Quartz or something. Apparently, they only made like twelve sales or some shit. Yeah, like,
1: I'm, I'm, that's the video I'm covering. Actually, I've been like researching the entire like transaction list on that. Oh, um, it's actually slightly less than that. I think it's somewhere <laughs> around like. It's, it's actually less than a grand that they've ever actually, like, that was actually ever traded in terms of volume. It's so bad. And all bad. that like, negative
0: PR for that. All that for all a bit of water or whatever.
1: And you think, like, you think after that backlash, they wouldn't attempt it? And that was it. Like, but they still, they're going to, one of their, their chief, the CEO, is like, that's just the beginning, guys. We're going to go even harder into the NFT space. I don't know why we're pushing this technology so hard considering the use case for it is so poorly handled like they were literally selling you a gun skin and like i believe some of the nfts were so bad with the gun skins like they were like you even if you bought one of the nfts you still have to play their dog shit ghost recon game for like 600 hours to even use it and no poor soul should play ghost recon breakpoint for more than at least six hours I mean, like 600 the, is terrible. the skin market for CSGO
0: has existed and flourished without NFTs all this time. I mean, I don't see how the NFT really helps, because, I mean, sure, you, you have it, you know, independent of the game or whatever, the item, but the item only really has value in its association with the game. It's not like a gun skin in CSGO would be compatible with any other game, unless the developers
1: specifically made it so it works, you know? That would be a cool NFT idea, right? Like, imagine if you could have one gun skin and it would work between Rainbow Six Siege, Counter-Strike Go, like, a lot of these games. That would be cool. People pretend it does.
0: And that's I've I've heard people say it, but it it doesn't because the code or whatever doesn't make sense
1: for a different game. There's no way that you can, like, cross, like, game share any of this kind of stuff. And even if you could do that, is it worth spending hundreds of dollars on a fucking gun skin in a video game? Like, (laughs) maybe I think the problem is it's like you have basically like a group of rich guys who are complete scumbags who jump into this market. And they try to convince people like this is the thing with influencers, right? Like when an influencer comes and peddles you an NFT or a crypto idea. People think like, oh, it's the it's the viewer's fault. Don't get me wrong, the viewer's fault is definitely there, right? Like you should definitely do your check and balance. But like, imagine if me or Matt came up to you and we told you, hey, this is a pretty solid investment. Now, I'm not gonna like speak for everyone here, but me and Matt, I think we do pretty comfortably compared to the average person. That in itself invokes some level of trust that can immediately be brought over to the viewer like you know you know what i mean right like people yeah. can be like oh and people guys people
0: don't like know. you and people can like you as a i mean power social relationships or the jazz. they they want to support yeah. you in the thing that you're doing and uh, it, it's just taking advantage of it it's terrible um, especially these people who are doing even better than you or me people making you know 10 million dollars just off ad years. revenue and yeah. shit <laughs> and it's yeah. still doing the, these scams uh disgusting you got people
1: making like we're adult kind of creators so we get fucked in the ad pool but you got people who are like the friendly on the best pools on youtube they're fucking killing it on twitch and like like here's the thing these guys make multiple multi-millions a month sometimes i'm not even fucking around with you some of these guys can like that's how great some of the like sponsor deals can go mm. and these guys are even out there fucking trying to hype up a new crypto or like hype up some new nft and until of course there's like actual regulation they're just gonna keep doing it and yeah, yeah. i i and get that, pissed because like i cover it and like people get like oh why are you so mad about it i'm like it's not that i'm fucking mad like i'm not jealous i wouldn't commit this potential crime to fuck myself over i'm just yeah, warning you of it i i hope we're not dealing with NFTs like five years from now. So
0: like, I want it to just come and go, but it's, I don't think it is.
1: And I'm not a betting man, but I'm gonna have to make a wager that I don't think we'll be seeing NFTs, especially with the way that they're acting. These NFTs, if if it's just JPEG images that are being sold for marked up values, I don't think it's gonna be a trend that lasts. And you know, the thing that'll really kill it is when regulation steps in. Like when you've got banking systems around the world and like governments putting their effort into like, police it this this stuff is gonna die they're looking at cryptocurrency and
0: stuff as well aren't they and uh, who knows yeah. how that's gonna impact that i suppose you've probably got a lot of crypto
1: investments i imagine oh uh, no man i cashed out of all of that i cashed out like really this is yeah uh, around the save the kid stuff like after that i was so jaded with the market that i cashed out on it and i paid my taxes and i put it all into like land and property investments and and you you dodged the crash of bitcoin i suppose where it went down I dodged the complete crash of Bitcoin. Yeah, I mean, I knew the crash was coming because it's like it's a purely speculated market. There's always there's always weird shit going on with crypto, and like the thing with cryptocurrency is like, we've always talked about how like the Chinese keep destroying Bitcoin and everything, and like keep banning it. But Mm -hmm. I think like if China regulates it and like they implement it, that's what's gonna fuck up Bitcoin. That's what's gonna ruin it because. And the thing is, it's like we've all been built something that's anonymized, right? Something that hasn't been, like, assessed by governments and, like, IRS and, like, you know, these various, like, financial firms. But the moment you have something regulated and the moment you have it traced this heavily, the value in its – like, the anonymities go away. It's all gone. Like, there's no value in it. What's the difference between having a fucking Bitcoin and then having a U.S. dollar? You're still literally going to be, like – you know taxed and like identified the same way right
0: yeah i would just we'll see what the future brings i suppose
1: think about it like this right like gary v and a bunch of these guys keep telling you that at some point the future of nfts will be used for like signing like documents and all this stuff and like having a d to a car or a house and now think about it like this right like we get pissed at facebook about privacy right like we get so fucking mad that mark zuckerberg is tracking every single thing that we've ever done And now we're some people are accepting a technology that literally records every single thing that you do. Like now all of a sudden, if that's if this is the world we live in, in the future, every single investment you make that I make, we can now verify each other on the blockchain. We can now verify wallets like that's kind of fucking weird. That's kind of scary to me. That's like it's a world where like there is almost no privacy anymore. There's like nothing to I mean, not hide. I don't want to say hiding is something over there, but it's like I don't want to like share my net worth with, like, people that don't know me, and vice mm. versa, right? Like, we don't we don't need to share that. I haven't considered
0: it that way. It's not something that I really think on, in the sense that, uh, with things that I can't change, and that I'm not directly involved in, as I'm not invested in crypto, is things I don't reflect on.
1: Well, imagine it, like, you're a streamer, you're a streamer, you don't want to give your address out, right? Like, obviously, you never want that leaked. Other than the seven times that I did it, yeah. Yeah. Buying pizza a
0: handful of times, you know, it's sometimes hard to change the display
1: capture. It's, (laughs) I know, it's really, I know, I've been on eBay a few times laughing at, like, two million dollar Super Mario Karts, and people have, like, looked at my fucking postal code in my area, and I've I've been fucking found that way. But it's like, nobody wants to, nobody wants to give out anything, nobody wants Mm. to do it, and then, like, what you have to, and imagine like in a world where like the house you buy, you haven't, it's tied on the blockchain. Now people can find out where you live through like some little bit of internet detective work. And all of a sudden, now you're always not safe. Now you're always found out. Now they know what you're doing.
0: In many cases, it isn't a matter of what information you're giving up. It's whether or not you have the choice to give up that information or not. Because in many cases, I'm like, oh sure, I don't care if people know about that. But the nanosecond you say, you have no choice. You have to share this information. I'm like, ah, I don't know about that sport. Like I would like, To be able to decide how much of my information people are able to get it, get their hands on.
1: I know that I share information all the time. Like people always get at me. It's like, oh, using virtual machines. You're fucking, you know, hiding yourself. Like you're. It's not that I have something to hide. It's just like, if I can choose to like not give up the information that's personal to me, you know, that I'm gonna take the extra steps. It takes like five minutes out of my life to do. All right, yeah. just because of my background. I'm not like sweating over losing any of that. Cause I'm not sweating over doing all these extra steps, and. I choose to go with it because it's like, I don't, I I know that I give up some shit. I know that I have to give up information every day. I know that my name bounces through like a bunch of like registries for government stuff. And, you know, just in general, as yours does, as everyone in the chat and, you know, that I can tolerate. But like when I got to use a service like Facebook and Mark is like tracking me through like fucking Oculus products and like my cell phone, like that's fucking weird. You know, that's there should be no reason that. Facebook is pinging my location when it's not open. You know, That's, it's just weird. The metaverse and the future of VR.
0: Facebook being involved with this metaverse. We have to imagine at some point VR is going to be the next big thing. And I don't want Facebook to be the leaders of that. It just, it, it just concerns me.
1: I just want, I want the VR technology to be as open as it is, you know, like an open like source platform that like not one company specifically owns. Cause it's the reason why I use like Linux as a primary operating system, right? Like I know I, I don't use windows like natively, like I tend to like virtualize it as much as I can. Mm. And the reason I stick with Linux is because it's a, it's a, it's a kernel that's shared by everyone, you know, like everyone yeah. contributes to it, everyone benefits from it. And it's, it's a benefit you get, like, that's why I stick to it. And if I'm, if we're going to have to live in a metaverse where, like, it's owned by Mark, it's owned by, like, Meta now, not Facebook, we're, it's, it's scary. Like, it's not a world that I want to be part of because now all the control is going up to them. Now you have to give up. And think about it. You're in the metaverse. You're not only giving up, like, the information you have now, but you're probably going to be giving up fucking medical information to an extent. You're going to be giving up your health data to, like, them all the time. I know I bought an Oculus product, like, just to, like, ARVR around my house. And that thing, like, immediately, without even asking me, was, like, calculating my fucking health statistics and everything. I'm like, it's weird. Like, don't fucking take that without asking, Mark. No one asked you to. I'm concerned
0: about the tendency towards that we're going to create, like, a virtual capitalism with uh, artificial scarcity. And we're just going to have to have jobs in a virtual world to buy lands in some place. Like, I don't know. Because I, I, I watch videos about the advancements of VR and uh, it looks it looks so amazing, but also so fucking terrifying that that it's gonna go the wrong way.
1: When you look at virtual real estate, that should be enough to scare the fuck yeah, out yeah. of you. Yeah, oh, that's,
0: that's, <laughs> please, please let that not be a main thing. But I don't know.
1: You know how many times like fucking I had a I actually had Ice Poseidon who once like tried convincing me about like fucking virtual real estate. I'm like. This might work on some other dude, but there's no way I'm falling for the virtual real estate bullshit scam. Ice there's Poseidon no way you is, can convince me. Ice Poseidon is still around, really? He's like barely around. Like the only time I ever talked to him ever was when like he like was doing this crypto coin and I didn't look too far into it, but like immediately when I was talking about it, he like hits me up and it's like, it's not a scam, I promise. And I'm like, I haven't <laughs> looked into it. I like, I told him like, dude, I haven't even looked into it at all yet, but I mean, you, you no one, just immediately hits me up in the DMs and it's like, don't, it's not a scam, I swear. I'm like, I wasn't even looking into
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like what a person doing a scam would say immediately, right?
1: Yeah, it's like it's it scared the shit out of me, and then we're in a call and he's like, he's telling me about like virtual real estate stuff, and I'm like, the fuck? Like you're t- you're buying mansions in in the metaverse, like that doesn't even make any sense to me. Like, no. what the fuck? And then like, he's telling me it's like you could buy an NFT and have it hung up in like a virtual mansion. I'm like, do you know how depressing that sounds? Like, <laughs> yes, exactly. that's like. Blade Runner shit to me, you know? Like, when fucking he's walking around with his glasses on and he sees, like, all the advertising I don't want to live in a world like that.
0: Neither,
1: (laughs) neither. Like, I have to buy... Like, imagine, you have to buy a property physically to live in as a person, but then you also have to buy your virtual real estate, like, your fucking mansion that everyone can connect to and, like, look in, like... That's fucking scary. (laughs) I don't even want a mansion to realize that's too much property me to be living in. Why the fuck would I want it in goddamn, like the metaverse where I can't even touch and feel things like what? Maybe one day we will be able to touch and feel things though in the But that's when the matrix kicks in, dude. That's when we like (laughs) actually become battery pods and like get stuck into something. And that's when we don't have a choice, you know, that's when like fucking we're gone. We're in the matrix. They're warning us, man. We just
0: have to listen. The never-ending quest for more, and how it inspires creators to scam their viewers. I can't remember which of the polls said it. It was on a podcast. He's like, I want to be a billionaire before I'm 30, or whatever he said. "Like As as you get bigger, as you get more money, all you do is compare yourself to the people who are that little bit bigger than you. You got a mansion, you compare yourself to fucking, I don't know, Bezos, who has an even bigger mansion. And you're like, man, I need to get more money. The, the amount of money I have, sure, it's tens of millions, but it's not enough. I'm not bigger than that other guy. and And so you just
1: try to cut corners that's such a toxic mentality and it's like i feel like there was a while where like uh, earlier in my life i I think everyone does it like i kept comparing everyone to around me but now it's like i'm I'm just like thankful that i have like a house to live in you know what i mean like i own my house and that's like that's better than 99 percent of the people that have to struggle through life right now so it's like you know i'm in a place where i'm happy and it's like I don't need to be like a billionaire by by thirty. I mean I don't like I I don't think anybody should be a billionaire. Anybody should want to be a billionaire. Like that kind of stress and like add on to your life is not something anybody would want. Like there, at some point you have you can get so much money that like you just you, like there's no reason to have more. Like at least in my idea, it wouldn't change my quality of life. Right? Like I come home and I play. Some video games, and I cover viruses on videos, and that that satisfies me enough. Like I don't need any more than that. <laughs> I found
0: it interesting since I've become wealthy. Uh, none of mm-hmm. the issues that I had originally, when I was, you know, making enough to get by, I have like I, I've had issues, you know, with uh, personal things and uh, social stuff and all that, and like nothing's changed. Like I'm still living in the same house that I was living in when I was, uh, you know, ma- making 40 grand a year or whatever. Because uh, I, cause I wasn't really interested in the money. I, I wanted to make good content and maybe yeah. uh, have, have people that I talk to online and shit. My goal was never the money. But other people don't give a shit about making good content and stuff. They just want the dollars at the end of the day.
1: Yeah, uh, and they're also living the lifestyle that, like, bankrupts them the next day. Like, yeah. I, I remember, like, fucking, this is, this is uh, about a month ago. But when uh, I was just sitting there, I was like, I, I don't really buy anything fancy for myself or some shit mm. from time to time. Like, I buy computer stuff, but that's not really, like... Buying for, that's like more of an investment thing, if anything, like into this. So I I ended up buying myself a car, you know, like I was like, ah, let me get myself a nicer car. I went and like got a Tesla and I still, even then I was like, I'm going to get this fucking thing slightly used because I ain't paying no fucking dealer prices day (laughs) one out of the box for this shit. So even with wealth, it's like, I still do things smartly and I still like, I don't understand the wealth flex that people tend to really bring out. The viability of owning
0: an electric car. But like I I bought myself a Lexus and the only reason I bought myself one, especially during COVID when I kind of really drive or go anywhere. I don't really go anywhere anyway, but um, it's, it's because my previous car I had for like, you know, 15 plus years yeah. and was basically a death trap. It's like, I, I may as well buy something that's safe and looks nice if I'm going to buy something at all. It's probably the, right. the one uh, extravagant purchase I've had since uh, making a bit more money. But uh, it's,
1: you know... Which uh, which Lexus did you get? Because those are really nice cars. (laughs) Uh, I'm I'm, I'm not a big car
0: person. Chat, what's it was like? Is three hundred or something? Chat, you got the number? Uh, Lexus is three hundred eight. Ooh, those are nice. It does look nice, except the uh, GPS is not as good as uh, Google Maps. And
1: that's the one thing yeah, I noticed that's, immediately. Uh, that's literally the only reason I went with the... When I when I went with Tesla, because, like, the thing that pissed me off when I bought that was, like, they don't allow you to use the Android Auto, and that's pretty much what I use in every car. So it's, like, when I first got it... Everything is on Google. Like, all their maps are through Google, so it's like, all right, whatever. That's all I fucking needed. I don't need anything else. The only big issue with that is, like, fucking the, the charging on it. Like, you definitely get anxiety on, like, those electric vehicles. That's about the only... Thing I can really knock against it.
0: Yeah, my mine's a hybrid. Like, I don't think with the current infrastructure in Australia that I can really support having an electric car. But I mean, I suppose my, my car just sits in the garage, so probably I could
1: have one because it wouldn't really matter the thing with the electric stuff is like it's it's kind of a bit of a money pit like I know when I bought this I, I had to pay like the extra fucking was it like 10 grand for the FSD like the driving component and then like the extra grand for installing the charger at my house so it's, it's a bit pricier for sure like you're, you're gonna be spending some money up front but like the thing with the infrastructure is absolutely true right like I live uh, an hour out like 40 minutes out from Toronto now and like in my entire city there's literally only one charger for the car like one like station of chargers yeah, that's my fear. Um, it's like, it's not like a gas station where you can come in, fucking stick it in for five minutes and like, you know, pay your money and go off. It's like, you gotta sit there at the charger for like 40 minutes for this thing to fucking charge up too. I mean, certainly it, uh,
0: improves over time and all that jazz. I mean, it is still technically uh, well, I wouldn't say it's a new technology, it's been around for fucking forever, but it's it's only wide, widely become adopted enough to really advance in the last what decade or something.
1: It's weird to me like how fucking Tesla was the one company to like implement a car that looked decent with electric. Cause like every other electric vehicle, like fucking, they just look bad. <laughs> like mm. it's like, they look trash. And I'm like, why isn't like BMW or like Mercedes or like Lexus and like all these companies, like Acura jumping in onto the full EV trend with like sure. their design. I'd buy a fucking BMW if it looked like a 3 Series and an electric, but, you know. Before Tesla, I mean, it's hard to think back that
0: far, but it wasn't really cool to be green. And so the only people who bought an electric car, people who did not give a shit what it looks like, it wasn't the mm-hmm. there wasn't the market for it. But Tesla's like, nah, man, fucking electric cars are the fucking way of the future, the greatest thing. And then it became, you know, I mean, probably a lot of tech people got it first, and then it became like a, a status symbol yeah. to have an electric car. And then with the status becomes trying to make the cars look good.
1: It's also like fucking just, you sit over there and it's like, they're the first ones to come and it's like, you can have an electric vehicle and it can like go up to like Lamborghini speeds and you can have a good time. Like, dude, like I remember that's the one thing they told us, like this thing is fast. I'm like, you're telling me it's fast. I'm like, dude, I can't even drive 45 above, like I, I can't drive 10 above the limit without the cops pulling me over. I was in <laughs> Australia, in Melbourne, dude, I, I rented a fucking car out there. I rented a nice vehicle and I was like, you know, I'm going to drive this on the highway a little bit immediately pulled over for going like 15 over the limit and those are the australian cops they do not fucking kid around guys like they will like i i kind of played it a little cool with them i was like oh i'm just a dumb american we use miles per hour (laughs) no 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 they looked at my driver's license i'm like no you got kilometers back home kid it's like you better watch yourself going forward i'm like damn it it's bad, uh, bad luck, I suppose, because I, I mean, I don't
0: drive all that often, but I've probably only been pulled over once in my entire life. And that was like for a breath test or whatever, and I, I, I nothing happened there. But it's just, because uh, I, I say I don't drive enough. I want to drive more, but I have nowhere to go. <laughs> the state of COVID in Australia and Canada.
1: I don't know if you're locking down again over there like crazy once more.
0: The political situation in regards to lockdowns here has been, uh, I mean, it's been very politicized in America. Anything you've heard about Australia in regards to lockdowns is all nonsense. Trust from America. But it's uh, a... Right now, we're not in lockdown, but our cases are going up so much, and there's just a constant debate you know, the pie that doesn't want to fucking do anything and the other one that wants to do stuff. And I think we might now have mask mandates indoors again or something, but I I don't know.
1: We're about to have that again, actually, I think. I know Montreal, the city over like four hours from me right now, Montreal, they're like, they're fully locking down again. And like Toronto, like the problem with us, we have like kind of like a, I, I want to say, like, a Trump style, you know, premiere. He, he, like, tells you, it's like, all right, guys, stay inside, lock yourself down. Okay, I'm going to go meet with my family. You have to stay inside your whole house. Oh, like, dude. everyone just gets pissed watching that. Our,
0: our PM, um, when everyone was in lockdown, got like a, a, taxpayer-funded jet or something on Father's Day to fly to his family. Everyone's like, are you fucking for real? This is the same guy that when Australia was on fire ages back, um, he went to Hawaii for a vacation. It was like, are you fucking for real? Um, And this guy is still the preferred PM. Still the preferred PM. Probably going to win the next election.
1: Oh, dude, that's all those elections are usually a fucking joke. I feel like every time we bitch about one prime minister, they always keep getting voted in. You know how many times people bitch about Ted Cruz in Texas? He still wins all the time. Every, no matter where you go in politics, it's like the Because sh- y- y- you really only have a choice of one shitty person or the other shitty person, yeah. in my opinion. It's like... Yeah, there's not much a single individual can do, and you just kind of grit your teeth and go, this is, this is fine, I guess. It's fine. <laughs> Hopefully at some point this like entire pandemic kind of maybe starts winding down maybe a little bit You know when these variants stop showing up like every other yeah. month or two
0: I mean considering because like like here in my state where like 95 plus percent double booster shot vaxxed or whatever And they say we might need a third one at some point for this omicron thing but like the like we recently had like 4,000 cases or something like two deaths or something because the The vaccines are doing their job keeping people from dying, but certainly the the hospitals are starting to be like, guys, can you stop getting COVID? We're running out of beds and shit. Yeah, fucking
1: please get yourself fixed up, guys, a little bit, don't. (laughs) Like, yeah. I, I mean, you, the thing that I, we have over here, the biggest problem is, like, you have, we still have, like, a staunch amount of complete anti-vaxxers out here. So, like, people who just don't believe in, like, vaccine technology. And it's, it's funny to me. Like, I don't want to get, like, political. and like, it shouldn't even be political. When I was a kid, we got vaccinated. You know, I, I get the flu shot because I get fucked up with the flu. So I get it every year, you know? And it's like, no one in, like, I would say the last five years ever bitched about that flu vaccine. We used to make fun of these people, you know? Like, we used to make fun of them. We're like, you fucking idiot. Like, you're not going to live past the age of two if you don't get vaccinated. Now it's like, oh, because this one vaccine came out, okay, and now we have to, like, bitch about it. Now we have to, like, not get it done. And then, even if you don't get vaccinated, you still go out and party and you spread this thing around and you wonder why it evolves and mutates. Like, shit. (laughs) The
0: the amount of misinformation around these vaccines is crazy. I've, I've looked into it just out of curiosity. It's
1: all stupid. Oh, have you seen the Facebook? Man, dude, I, I think Facebook is getting like, they're getting their section 230 kind of getting challenged into the US. And I, I don't know, don't quote me on this yet, but like Mark Zuckerberg was out there going like, their fact checkers are they're just running on like, professional opinions, like literally opinions is like mentioned. Fact and opinion was mentioned in the same fucking sentence. I mean, I've heard they've started to remove anti-vax stuff. I, uh-huh. I, I literally don't think he's gonna fucking, if anything, Mark Zuckerberg might be the one guy that's like allowing Mark Zuckerberg and like TikTok are the two platforms where this shit goes because even on, dude, even on like Twitch you can't do anti-COVID anti rhetoric, you can't do yeah. misinformation you can't do it on YouTube, YouTube like if you even touch the topic of COVID-19 you better fucking make sure you're 100% factual, otherwise channel strike right there, you get taken down and I, I, dude, at some point, like I don't even I don't disagree with that. I'm like, yeah, spread the right information. Don't spread misinformation. And it goes back to some of the culture war channels too. Like you always find like the like the outrage merchants on YouTube. And I, I think Chat knows who the fuck I'm talking about. Like everyone, <laughs> we all know the outrage you know, fucking crybabies. And they're always talking about like fucking you know COVID. And it's like maybe maybe I shouldn't get the vac because you know I could like d- d- I hate it. I hate watching it all the time because that's the same shit that permeates the rest of society and makes me lock inside even more. Had it been taken seriously from the get-go, we
0: might not be in the situation we're in now, but enough people being like, okay, I get that all the experts who know stuff about uh, viruses and stuff are saying this could be a big deal. We need to do stuff. I know they're saying that, but it's just the flu guys It's not a big deal. So all these fucking crybabies saying this and this new flu is gonna be a big deal. F- fuck them They don't know what they're talking about. Let's just ignore all the health advice And now we're here many years later having to deal with this shit still. It's just uh, You know Dunning-Kruger is a big thing. You know, you can't they can't identify that they don't know anything because they don't know enough to be ad- identify their lack of knowledge COVID's effect on housing prices and
1: businesses The thing that really pisses me off is like in my region, there's a lot of like businesses that are now finally like completely shut down. Like I know a lot of small business people, like close friends of mine too, that like they had good businesses pre COVID because of COVID, like they couldn't afford their rent, they couldn't do shit. They they were they're shut down because of all these lockdowns, because of how poorly even the government has handled it. And that's I think that's the real tough thing to really swallow, right? Like You may not notice it if you don't go outside too much, but like literally do go outside in your neighborhood and look at how many like four lease areas there are. Look at how many like fucking rental areas are now available. All the businesses are in fact getting their asses shut down simply because they don't
0: have money. Smaller businesses are less able to weather changes in the um, market, of course.
1: Especially if you live in an expensive city, like, I don't know how expensive Sydney is, necessarily. I assume it's <laughs> I, I always say expensive city, but it's like I think like when I think of expensive, I think of like Los Angeles as being like the fucking mecca for, yeah. like killing your bank account. You know, Toronto's not too far behind. I know Melbourne was super expensive. just back to the thing but I, I,
0: I think regardless like even if there were no lockdowns, I think that the the small businesses would have pretty much gotten fucked, especially the ones that aren't online because people, people would have themselves become afraid as more people dropped like flyers, as hospitals became more and more packed. There would have been a portion of people who would have stayed home, maybe as many people, maybe not, but uh, there would have been like uh, uh, an infectious disease in a society is going to hurt businesses as people try to avoid Mm -hmm. going places with other people. But um Sydney is basically just like Melbourne. Uh, Sydney uh, and, and Melbourne like They're different in many ways, but they're both super expensive. Like, um, the the cost of a house has gone up in Sydney by $300,000 in one year. It's now the median house. The median is 1.5 million. It is... Wow. Nuts. How Um, much,
1: wait, how big is the house on that one for 1.5? Like square footage? I I
0: don't know, but it's it's not like a mansion, my guy. It's just a house.
1: Okay, it's just it's like a standard. Okay, because that's the prices we're seeing over here. Like it's fucking... I know that I know the house that I ended up getting here was like 1.3 million we we mirror yeah um, we, we like, whenever I
0: hear about something happening in Sydney you can kind of look to Canada which is we, we share a lot of similarities because of our history with the Commonwealth and all that jazz And so we do. Yeah. Um, We we, we do have some of the same problems
1: I mean in terms of like how much of our countries are used versus not like in terms of landmass where people live Pretty true on that one, you know, but it's like when you tell me that house price. I'm like, yeah no, that 1.5 million. I'm like, that's 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 I mean, I feel kind of better because we're slightly lower Slightly, (laughs) you know, it's like maybe it's not as bad. Oh my mother two years ago. She's
0: like, oh, you should You know, get a loan get yourself a house. I'm like, oh, you know, I'm a bit busy. I'm building my my channel and stuff. I didn't got time to look for a house. I'll do it next year or the year after. <laughs> and then just two years later, housing prices double.
1: I'm like, fuck, <laughs> you know? are like, fuck man. And it's like, dude, the thing about it is like, if you go to like 1.5 million, it's like a successful person would be like, maybe I can make it work. How does somebody with like an average salary even conceive a $1.5 million house? and they can't because yeah.
0: this is this is just a bubble it's just too everyone just is so easy to to borrow money interest rates are so low and the nanosecond interest rates go up there's going to be people who will you know default on their their mortgages and shit houses will go back on the market um the, the the we'll do the 2008 financial crisis again and that seems to be what we're leading to and it's 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 so terrible because i don't want that to happen because how much it will devastate people but on the other hand i would like to buy a house that is a a normal price
1: Yeah, like a good size house, you know, like yeah. a fucking decent place to live in, not like a fucking closet you buy in New York for like <laughs> fucking half a million. I No, I this is like I have a family who live in New York and they bought their house for like fucking the same price I paid over here except their house is like 30 fucking years old and I'm mm. like, "Makes sense cuz you are living in one of the most expensive fucking cities in the world, but like shit." I don't know i mean i think in like the next two years and even if the bubble does burst like unfortunately with the way property prices are they're only going to drop like 10 15 simply because of like Mm. the market hasn't stopped you know like even over here like despite how high the prices go you still have people buying houses for some reason like i i know in the investment world we like sold a property to a guy who like literally bought it off of us with cash like Mm. just cash and i'm like like, you know, when you get that much cash, you have to like do the whole like fucking criminal check on them. It's like, are you sure we're not selling to like the cartel or like, yeah. you know? But I know it's like legit money. So, okay. I, I suppose two big factors, of course, you know,
0: I mean, there's many factors, but COVID has taught people because we're all stuck inside. We're like, man, I want a better house. We're going to be stuck in here all this time. And, you know, uh, people just realize having a really nice home is a, uh, uh, a good thing, but um, also because pe- people are afraid of the future, you know, and if there's one thing that does well and that people will always need, it's a house. So if you've got money, you- you- you're gonna stick it in a house because it-, it seems the most secure thing.
1: It used to be a thing where, like, fucking me and you, because we we were, always, we were able to remote from home for a while now with, like, the way that we handle our job and our careers. So we could yep. buy a house in, like, any place, mm. and we could pay, like, nothing. Like, there would literally be mansions, like, fucking... in, like, certain parts of Quebec for, like, $200,000. Like, full fucking mansions with, like, pools yeah. and everything. I could go out and buy that and, like, live comfortably. And, like, now everyone can. I mean, yo, true. It is more... Possible, But people
0: still don't want to do it. And for the same reason I don't want to do it it's, it's fucking a lot of effort to move somewhere in the middle of nowhere, especially when I need good internet Which is not necessarily going to be there um, And it is nice, you know, because my, my family is, or at least my mother is still yeah. in Sydney And uh, people make connections, uh, mm-hmm. have friends and stuff, and it's hard to move away from that even if your job allows
1: it But now everyone can remote from home and people are kind of getting used to it. So it's like now they're moving out to these places, increasing their values like up the ass. So it's like even places that typically would have been considered like not a hotbed for property are now like also climbing up. And and like where I live right now, you think like living 40, maybe an hour away from the city might be a problem, especially in Toronto, where we have like maybe one highway that gets you there to the city. People are still moving out here because now they're all remoting from home, doing nothing. And like, you know. They don't have to live in the city anymore. Chat, what Mouha is saying is stop buying houses in, houses in Sydney, so I can buy one, okay? <laughs> Actually, yeah, Go if you can, buy a house away from the city, especially if you're comfortable living at home. You know, I like going to the city, that's why I pay money to live close to the city. It pisses me off, but it is what it is.
0: Yeah, I, I see you on uh, Twitter having having a time of your life in, uh, I, I, I don't know what city you'd be going to, but uh, in Canada.
1: Toronto I like it's just i i have some I have some good friends over here and it's like i i can't really afford to like lose those connections and go that far away i already feel like i live too far away from everyone but
0: isolated australia and its internet being Australian, I'm like so far away from most big content creators that even if I dreamed of doing a collaboration with someone um, from another country, it's just it's, I'm not flying 16 hours. But you being in Canada, do you often travel to collab with people, or do you, do you do you hate that you're technically so close to the American large content creators, but you're not there enough that collaboration's easy?
1: i mean for me it's not the biggest issue because like it's really just like that international travel bullshit like you have to get there and like go through the securities and everything and that's the only thing that ruins it but like i mean a flight for me to los angeles is like three four hours and it's not terribly expensive in comparison to like what i'd be paying to go to like europe or like australia or something and so it's good it's cool I mean, it's still quite far. I mean taking a one-hour flight to Melbourne's a pain in the
0: ass for me But yeah, three to four hours is uh is not an insignificant amount to travel
1: I used to fly to Japan like every year for a while and this is like a purely work thing So I'm so used to the long-haul flight shit uh, yeah. That uh, I can't like whenever I get into a flight from here to like California and it's like oh you got a four-hour flight I'm like all right. It's I've I've suffered worse the worst flight I ever had was from here to like Australia and like the only thing The only reason is that like in Australia. They have like one airline I think that serves internationally like Qantas, mm. and so when I landed in Los Angeles They literally made me run and they, they're like all right. You're at the gate You have five minutes to get to the gate in Australia, Like for the Australian flight and make it all the way there and the flight to Melbourne. It wasn't super bad I mean it was like, you know, it's a fucking 16-hour flight. It definitely fucking kills you, but we are far away from everything <laughs> Yeah, but that's the thing, like, a lot of the content creators I do want to collaborate with do live out in Australia now. Like, that's where, like, a big chunk of the cooler creators, in my opinion, are too. Yeah, there's some good people down here, um, which is strange
0: when you think about it because of how bad the internet here was for so long, but, uh, there's a lot of people who sprung
1: up since we got some decent tech. The internet, man. When I was there in 2017 in Melbourne, the internet, the, I, I, your fucking mobile providers fucked me good. When I was there, I was like, I probably spent like close to a hundred something dollars just in like having mobile, like f- fucking 4G internet, like 3G. I would have to say. I was about to say, even though the speeds have gone up, the prices
0: are still ridiculous. I mean, I hear you, you guys in Canada have a uh, similar sort of thing, uh, high internet. Yeah. Prices. How much
1: do you? How much do you pay for your internet? Just if you don't mind me asking. Uh,
0: my uh, fiber is 419 a month a thousand down 400 up and my phone is like i know a hundred down let me like 50 down 20 up or something for like 50 bucks a month or something
1: well uh, i will say on the phone front we're pretty much blood brothers but when it comes to the internet holy fuck you're getting screwed i'm paying like a hundred bucks on mine for one gig up and down up and down like because i can because i can get like a, a plan
0: for like say a, a thousand down and 20 up for like 120 bucks but that up they fucking just they, they rip out your guts that's where they if you get you that's
1: where they get you because like <laughs> for the longest time in canada it used to be like that where like they would give you like a gig down but like oh here's 10 up here's 15 up yeah. and it's like and you would call them, and it's like, I need more than that. And sometimes they would be like, who needs that much upload? I'm like, motherfucker, I upload gigabytes a day, all right? Yeah. Like, sometimes tens, 20, 30 gigs a day to, like, servers. And so, eventually, they had, like, fiber up here, like, you know, from Bell, which uh, they ended up coming at us for, like, a 100 and something, 100 bucks, like, 110 or whatever, I think, is what it is when you add the tax. But, like... Yeah. That's, like, recent, though. That's, like, maybe in the last two, three years it ever got that good. Well, hopefully it'll get better here as well. Like,
0: uh, the incident has always been bad, and certainly there's still a lot, large parts of the country that don't even have fiber and are sitting there on, like, ADSL2 still. But uh, So I'm, I, I'm, I moved for fiber. And any new house gets fiber. So things have steadily improved over the years. That that meme of everyone in Australia having shitty internet is now only half true. Where a couple of years ago, it was completely true.
1: The problem with the Australian internet, too, is that, like, there a lot of services tend not to think of hosting servers in the oceanic region. So, like, that also ruins some of the internet stuff, too. Like, I know for a lot of my buddies who want to game with me from mm. there, they're like, oh, the games don't have oceanic servers or, like, That's why I'm not buying it, like, I think for the longest time Siege, like, one of my favorite, like, well, used to be one of my most favorite online shooters until Ubisoft fucked things around. Mm. Uh, They didn't have, like, I think, Oceanic servers, I think, for a while, so, like, they would be connecting to, like, fucking Asia, or, like, some fucking random region and getting absolutely blasted on the ping. Yeah, you're, (laughs) in in a lot of games,
0: you're, it's either, you know... 300 ping with america or two like 120 ping or something with uh, some asian region or whatever but that's kind of life i mean i remember when world of warcraft released australian servers like you know like (laughs) 10 years into the life of world of warcraft and it was like yes finally we could have good ping in world of warcraft which is a not really that significant these days obviously but yeah um, i'm i'm obviously i don't do a lot of competitive gaming so it's not been a huge thing for me but it has been uh, a thing enough in my life that I have noticed as you say. The challenges of podcasting. I'm, I'm curious, what caused you to start doing a podcast at all?
1: Uh, I met some some of my buddies they pitched the idea to me and I was figuring you know I definitely ha- there's a lot of stuff I want to talk about but I don't want to make main channel videos necessarily because it's not that important so I just found a way to like have a discussion with a few people and invite guests and like talk to them and you know, talk about some of these current event things without making a big song and dance about it. I genuinely do like the idea of podcasting. I've been approached a few times because obviously like my channel and like the only other channel that has any like similarity to mine in terms of like production style and like the general vibe is like Mm. Charlie. So Moist Critical, Mm. that's the only other one. So it's like when they reach me, it's like, well, a lot of your videos can just be considered podcast highlights. And then I found out that the market was super predatory in the world of podcast hosting. Like some of the shit that they bring on like the way that a lot of these companies and i'm not going to name specific names but they come on to you they pitch you some of these ideas and they're generally fucking over the creator in a lot of ways like most sponsorships i guess go Oh, I, I thought you were saying that po- people do podcasts
0: through companies. Are you are you saying sponsorships? The all these sponsors who no, do no, no, no.
1: Like normally, like people I know most people who do like their podcasts. Like it's the biggest ones you'll see right now are done through like a, a network, right? Like oh? Warner Brothers or something. They'll like have like a sub. Like it'll be like an M C N. But typically for people who are running podcasts, and the problem with that is like they'll give you a set of tools. Like they'll they'll make it look really nice, but they're generally screwing you out of like. What is, like, you know, the money that you'd be making and like, your place? So we're doing everything in-house. Like, we have a group of us who are, like, we're doing all the production and everything on our end for it. But as far as, like, all the podcast stuff goes, I just like to generally sit down and have, like, a discussion per week. And, you know, like, this is great podcast material, you know? This is what, like, kicks off and goes crazy. And the more we can push it, the better it is.
0: I mean, yeah, podcasting is, um... Uh, it especially became a thing when um, YouTube started to favor longer content, and also with a uh, YouTube Red now, what is it called? YouTube Premium or whatever, um, giving yeah. you good money for that shit. Not as it's, it's as good these days, but still. I, I tried to make a um, podcast myself. I'm um, like, because I do rambles where like just whenever I'm rambling on stream, I make them into videos, just like um, highlights or whatever. I thought I could do that with other people, so I tried doing an episode, and it's it's tough. Like podcasts. Are hard to or, like both organize especially if you have multiple guests and like i, I don't know if i'm going to have energy of a day to want to talk but but if you've set a date then you kind of have to do it on that day and uh like I, I i got a lot of respect for people who can just you know perform at a specific time of a day um every time you know
1: yeah no i mean it's it's definitely for us it's like we the hosts that i have the friends that i have that i do it with it's like for us it's kind of like a way for us to in a way help each other's channels out because it's like podcasting stuff is great if you want to stay completely relevant in the sphere of like the internet of like just in front of the world like when you got like three personalities that are bringing their own collective audiences it's always going to work out but mm. yeah generally the i think the biggest problem that i'm facing with it right now is like scheduling you know like i talked to you about it behind the scenes obviously with like you know we, we reach to a guest we literally set a date aside seven days in advance and it's like When it doesn't work out that way, yeah, does it piss me off a little bit? For sure. And, you know, sometimes you just have to roll with it. That's why like, we have three guests, like me and my two friends. And it's like, we all have our collective channel. So we don't really feel like we necessarily need a guest every week, you know, to like push that in the algorithm or like get it going. Uh, Would we like to have a guest? Absolutely. We like to have guests because we like to chat with some of our good friends and have a good time. And adds new stuff to the episode, you know? If we were to have you on as a guest, it would. And the thing is, it's like we. First off, we do want you on as a guest, so I got to pencil you in. But like the other thing is, it's like we probably we probably wouldn't be talking so much about Twitch. You know, like what if we talked about so far in this entire thing? We talked about you know NFTs, financial scams, fucking housing prices, and I think a lot of that has been a million times more entertaining than. 99% of the other podcasts I've seen where people go super structured, people go like, you know, you have to speak about certain things, you have to keep things in a sphere of relevance, when really, I don't think that's what a podcast is. It's mostly about like, you know, personalities discussing, you know, things that they're yeah, interested certainly. in. Like, that's what I like listening to.
0: When, when you have things being more structured, where you have specific questions or topics you want to hit on, it means that the amount of personalities that you can have on Uh, expands. Because not a lot of people can just, you know, free talk about different topics. They need structure. They need things to grab onto to continue to flow a conversation. Like I, uh, that's a part of the struggle that I have with a a podcast. Like I, I mean, we're we're talking here, sure, but I, I don't think I could do this on a regular basis. I don't think I would have enough things to talk to other people about or that I could... You know, keep that flow going for hours on end um, without there being some awkward pause that no one can kind of um, get out of. But I suppose if yeah. you've got a lot of people on the podcast, I mean, at least someone's going to have something to talk about, something that they're passionate about that other people can
1: bounce off. But it, like I'm saying, I respect you for giving that a go, and I hope you're successful with it. Thank you very much. No, it's, uh, we're, we're going to try. We're like, for really like super hard into it. A lot of it is just like really being competitive with some of the other podcasts <laughs> in the market or like some other people, but... I mean, certainly yeah. there's there's only a certain amount of people who are willing to s- listen
0: to a podcast. But I suppose, like, anything that can be listened to with just audio uh, is going to have a wider amount of people who can, uh, can can engage with the content. Me, for example, most of the time I watch, like, um the Trash Taste podcast, for example, Linus's... I love that uh, podcast. Yeah, because it's Wancho, just... Yeah. just, just and eventually, yeah, they're just boys talking about what they're passionate about. But mm-hmm. like, it's usually when I'm cleaning or, or whatever, I'm, I'm cooking something on the rare occasion that I do. And I, I can't watch anything, but podcasts are great just to fill the air
1: oh it's great like i mean i when i'm programming because like 90 percent of the time i'm in front of this computer i'm like programming something mm. for like a video or like planning a video out it's like the podcasts are perfect to have like the wan show fucking love having it on the side because i get to hear about like linus talk about even if it's not something interesting in this sphere of computing that i'm in mm. i still like listening to it because like they do have the energy to carry it, you know? Like, they, they yeah. know what they're talking about. I I feel excited then. Passionate people are the greatest people to listen to. It almost doesn't matter the topic.
0: If a if if person who's knowledgeable and passionate, just always great to listen to. Your podcast, you've got co-hosts, as in like, um, you said Charlie. Doesn't he already have a podcast? Is he doing two podcasts now?
1: No, no. Charlie was a Charlie was a guest for us, but uh, my my co-hosts are like the Nuxtaku and like Oompaville, like the other two guys. Charlie is a guest for us. He's got his own podcast for sure. The
0: the anime dude with the 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 avatar. The VTuber, yeah, yeah, yeah. He has, he has a very interesting
1: voice. I think I've, I think I've seen his content. Who who is the other person? Oompaville. He does like more of the uh, he does like similar videos that I do, like commentary stuff. Well, he's got some newer content coming up that I can't spoil. That's a little more wilder than I expected, but yeah. Uh, certainly check out some of the episodes, because I, I only recently found out you had a podcast, because you got, like, three episodes or something, so it's fairly new. Yeah, um, we're, we're, we we're just filmed, like, the third one yesterday. It's it's just oh. started out, so we're, we, we got, like, a two-month trial period, you know, where we're, like, fucking really going ham into it, and then after that we can kind of, like, chill back and, you know, do some other extravagant stuff. We kind of want to do, like, ghost hunting at some point later, because, uh... <laughs> I want to, I want to, because we kind of had, like, a joke or whatever, where, like, we're going to do, like, some of the typical ghost hunts that people would see, and we'd come across ghosts, but the ghosts would be the ones that would read our sponsor reads the entire time. <laughs> like, we'd whip out the parabolic mic, and it would, like, play the fucking ad read for it, because it is what it is. Like, we just wanted to, like, fucking joke around with it, because it is just a way for us to, like, kind of collaborate more and more, and, like, in a way where it's, like, doable. Exploiting the Dead for Profit. I put up a $100,000 bounty, like, I'm not even joking, like, it's not a joke anymore, like, I put up $100,000 and I said, if you can prove that ghosts exist, right now, like, if you can prove that spirit boxes work, I'll pay you, Oh like, yeah. will wire you the cash. That, that
0: shit's horrible, all those channels that are, like, a p- famous person died, talking to famous person Every beyond time. the grave at 3am!
1: Every time, dude, I see that shit, I can't, I can't imagine, like, and, and the thing is, the audience that follows it, they eat that shit up because what they do is they just, like, tie it to, like, religious, like, beliefs and shit, and yeah. everyone ties They're like, oh, it must be true, you know, God's love is here, and as a spiritual guy, I'm like, hey, listen, I don't think God wants ghosts running around speaking to them with Morse fucking code. That would just be really depressing, <laughs> but hey.
0: It's all weird shit, and it's, it's like... When I was in my young twenties or whatever, I mean, younger than that, I w- I would like to have these conversations. But these days, I'm like, ah, it's it's such it's a just, powder keg. It's, it's not it's not a fun topic. People are very passionate about that stuff, and it, a lot of it's very meaningful to their lives. And it's kind of you feel like a buzzkill sometimes. Being like, no, I don't, I don't really think you have a justification to believe in that. But it's,
1: you know, leave leave that for other people these days. You know yeah. it's fun to talk about though the Stan Lee NFT stuff. Have you seen that? Oh, gross, dude! Gross. Oh. Like, who who owns that Twitter? Who who would allow that? I don't know who owns the Twitter. I don't even know if it's like Marvel owned or if it's state owned. I I when I saw that I was like, this must be something old. This had and then I saw the word NFT, and I'm like, it's not that old. Stan Lee died before this shit was a trend. And then I saw the time, and I was, I I couldn't do it. Do you know what the company is called that made the NFT series? Oh, it's
0: something weird. Um, beyond
1: Life. That
0: Beyond Life. That <laughs> thing. <it's> terrible. <laughs> it's oh, it's
1: terrible. terrible. Uh, the fact that that tweet is still actually up there, the website itself as well. They did not phase whatsoever. They they definitely. I wonder if they got something out of it. Like if people actually bought into that shit. I I, I hope not. I don't even know if it's launched yet. I mean, I'm I'm following up. I, I signed up for the NFT minting. I mean, I I can't wait to have myself a Stanley NFT. I want to join the club. Why? Seems like a seems like a fun environment to get in. It's launching actually right here. It even says seventh January twenty twenty two. So
0: Dude, this this this
1: trend this these occasion
0: times where this has happened where a famous person has died and their their Twitter or social media keeps posting and sometimes pretending to be that person or whatever. It it's gross. Fucking gross.
1: And, and the thing is like, people are always like, the NFT people are always like, yeah, but he was shilling like merch or something. I'm like, that's also disgusting. Like, don't get me wrong. I think that's just as bad, but like at the same time, you know, especially with the negative attention NFTs have had, do you really want Stan Lee, poor Stan Lee to get that shit?
0: Reflections on the GTA guess a collab with Mudaha and possible collabs in the future. I need a collab with Mudaha again? I mean, that was good, but I, I'm, I'm not very good at collabs, I don't think. I mean, he says he wants me to be on his podcast Hope I can do that and not suck. Like whenever I think about being on a podcast thing I'm like, what, what would I talk about? You know, would I really be able to contribute all that much? Because all I do is work all day. Like when I, so when I slept last night and For the entire time that I was sleeping I thought I was late for something and so I never really got that deep sleep and so I was pretty tired Coming into this. So I'm happy it ended pretty well. I don't know Which I prefer, like not taking it too seriously, kind of telling each other bits and pieces of what we're looking at. Or when it's hardcore competitive, because the casual stuff is more fun. And you're just just chilling trying to figure out locations. But the more competitive stuff probably works better for uh, YouTube, I think. People probably prefer that antagonistic, I'm gonna beat you, kind of stuff, you know? Are there any more collaborations that I'm planning? There is only a handful more people that I'm aware of that both have a good knowledge of GTA. But also know me to some degree. Call me Kevin? Uh Sonny Evans. I I am still trying to get Sonny Evans onto it, but he keeps being busy and stuff. I mean, Doug does Doug Doug know GTA? I mean, yeah, sure. I should probably do one with Hugo uh as well. Like see, I've never talked to like Gilly Master and stuff. Like I'm I'm trying to think of people that I'm even tangentially associated with who are also around my size, right? Am I friends with Doug Doug? Oh yeah, cause yeah, because yeah, Doug Doug does play a lot of mods. Yeah, so like she must have a Decent knowledge of the um, the game. So you might ask Doug, Doug, call me Kevin. Uh, Sonny Evans, that's, that's enough for now. It's just nice talking to other creators sometimes, you know. Doug, Doug would probably just have a bot figure out the location for him. I mean, that would be pretty funny if he pr- programmed a sp- for a special episode. I mean, he could probably do that himself for his own channel. Excuse me, probably would. I, I don't know him. Whatever 57010. So the problem with challenging whatever, is he'd win, easily, of all the people who exist, that I know, nor more, know more about Los Santos than me. It's whatever. I've, I respect his knowledge of the game to the absolute degree. But he also doesn't use a mic and doesn't use a webcam. That doesn't mean criticizing him, it just makes the collaboration for this particular thing difficult. Because we we have collabs, or at least we've shouted out each other in videos. Like at the end of uh, my six controversial strats of GTA 5, I, I gave whatever a shout out, and that has got a couple of million views. Why don't you work with small YouTubers slash streamers? Because I'm tired. I have so little time of a day to do anything that if I'm going to go out of my way to do a collaboration, the rare ones that I do, it's just in my best interest to do the biggest people possible. Or the pe- Well, I suppose biggest is the wrong word. People who I believe are going to be the best content possible. So the people that I did collaborations with first weren't necessarily the biggest content creators that I could have contacted. They were the ones that I believed had the best chance of doing well. I know me and Mudaha have had our disagreements and stuff, but he—he's a talker. He's a is is content as much as is is as much his personality as it is the stuff that he makes. And for that reason, is more than likely going to go down well. Whatever must be a, a dev or something. Uh no, he's just been—he's—he's he's a real OG of making GTA content. And because he has his specialized tools and stuff for, his, to, for making his stuff, he is able to um uh, see stuff that the rest of us can't. You know. How about another collab with chat and GTA Guesser? We haven't played together in a while. I mean the last one that I did with chat I did say we'd do a double or nothing for a hundred subs because we tied you should honestly try and do more podcast style content I think it honestly suits you well any form of social interaction Conversations takes like 10 times my energy of doing anything else which usually isn't a problem as long as we aren't talking for 10 hours but when I wake up of a day, I have no idea how much energy I'm going to have for that day. And so, I, I, I find it hard to book specific days and then show up and be my best self. I, I'm kind of rolling the dice as to how well it's going to go. Be sure to like the video and subscribe to my channel. It costs you nothing and I wish you all the best.